A very good morning and happy Sabbath. Is this on? Thank you. It's good to be home. Uh, I know many new faces here, and uh, it's good to see new faces. But in this congregation, I have a lot of friends, colleagues. Um, I would say many of them are like family members because we have friendships that have gone back half a century. I, I, I don't believe I'm saying that, but we've known each other that long. And I want to thank each one of you for being a part of my life and blessing me along my spiritual journey. So it's a joy to be standing here again back at my home church. Uh, right now, I'm a member of Jurong Church. And uh, uh, God has called us there because of uh, the family. So we are serving there as well. You know, this morning, before we turn to the Word of God, would you bow your heads with me in a word of prayer? Father in heaven, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for this congregation. We have seen it grow. We've seen the uh, second and third generation who are actively involved, and we want to praise your name. Today, as we turn to your word, Lord, I pray that you will come and be with us. Yes, you have already promised that where two or three are gathered together, you will be with us. And we know you are here. We pray for the Holy Spirit. May we accept the Holy Spirit into our hearts and minds, open our ears to listen to what you have to say to us. Thank you for being with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if I told you that I'm going to talk about heroines of courage and faithfulness, which names would pop up in your mind? Probably you're thinking, oh, she must be talking about Deborah or Mary, or Hannah, or um, Esther, right? Or maybe Ruth. But no, I'm not going to talk about any of those. Have you heard of the names Shipra and Pua? You know, a good friend of mine, she has a long name. Um, she comes from Africa, and uh, I would just call her Nike. Uh, just like Nike, but it's pronounced Nike. She is the one who introduced me to these two Bible characters, Shipra and Pua. A new pharaoh had ascended the throne in Egypt, and this pharaoh chose to forget about what Joseph had done for the country of Egypt. So he forced the Hebrews into slavery, and they had to work so hard, but it seems the harder they worked, the more fertile were the women. They had children after children after children, and there was a population explosion in Egypt. Now, as Pharaoh watched the situation, he felt very threatened, fearful, doubted their loyalty, and because he viewed these Hebrews as aliens. So here we have Shipra and Pua, two midwives who became part of this pharaoh's population control plan. 
Let's read about what Pharaoh had planned in Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. It says here, Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom one was named Shipra and the name of the other Puah. And he said, when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them on their birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Now, as I read this, I was wondering, what are these birth stools? Something new to me. So I uh, consulted Mr. Google, as usual, and I found that uh, these birth stools were used a long time ago, back in the days of Egypt. And you can actually see a picture of a queen giving birth, sitting on a birth stool. This is what it looks like. This is a modern version, but I guess the old one looks practically the same. In the 1980s, this birth stool made a comeback. And expecting mothers reverted to the upright position, sitting on this chair to give birth because it allows gravity to assist in the expulsion of the baby. And they have found that it speeds up the time of delivery and increases the comfort for expectant mothers. So, sorry. So this birth stool, interestingly enough, is still available. If you are in Singapore, Health Hub, the website and uh, the uh, Motherhood magazine mentions that if you are interested in giving birth sitting on a birth stool, please consult your doctor first. And it is still available today. Now, why was uh, Shipra and Pua summoned by Pharaoh? Well, evidently, they were the leaders of all the midwives that delivered the babies for the Hebrew women. And they were entrusted with this personal assignment from the highest authority in the land. Ellen White tells us that Satan was the mover in this matter. He knew that a deliverer was to be raised up among the Israelites. And by leading the king to destroy their children, he hoped to defeat the divine purpose. So, you know, if you pull back the curtain, you will see a spiritual battle raging between God and Satan. God needed faithful warriors at this time. And Shipra and Pua, by their courage and faithfulness, took up the challenge. Apparently, the king never considered that these two women would disobey him. After all, he was the son of the gods. And everyone, everyone in the kingdom obeyed. If they obeyed, they would be granted favors. They would receive promotions. And of course, their careers would advance in his kingdom. Now, should they disobey, you know what will happen. Off with their heads. That was how they dealt with disobedience. But um, why did Shipra and Pua choose to disobey the Pharaoh? We are told in Exodus chapter 1 verse 17 that 
Shiprah and Pua feared God. And they did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the male children alive. Even under tremendous pressure, these two women were motivated by the fear of God. Now, it's not a debilitating fear that we are talking about, but rather a deep and abiding awe and respect for God. Fear of God, if it is of the right kind, will always draw us closer to God, knowing that we have a loving Heavenly Father and convince us to act according to His will. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And Shipra and Pua chose this fear of the Lord, which would make them wise and give them understanding. Hence, the midwives resolved no killing of the babies. But how would they get around it? So they cooked up an explanation to the monarch. And after a while, we are told in Exodus 1.18, And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing and have saved the male children alive? So he realized his plan was not working. And I'm so thankful that God gave them the wisdom and the creativity to come up with this answer. The midwife said to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and they give birth before the midwife comes to them. You see, so they decided that they would delay their intervention whenever somebody came and told them, hey, my mother is giving birth or, or, or um, my niece is giving birth they would slow themselves down. Okay, we'll be there in a while, in a while. And then when they arrived, the Hebrew women had already given birth, gotten off their birth stools. Maybe they, they were still sitting on it, I don't know. But the baby was no longer in a position where they were supposed to be killed. So, Although simply choosing to obey the king's command was the easy way out. Although the command came from the highest authority in the land at that time. And also disobedience meant death. Shipra and Pua chose to obey God rather than Pharaoh. You know, in life, all of us are faced with decisions. Many decisions every single day and we have to be responsible for the choices that we make now i have two grandchildren that i'm taking care of and this is one thing i try to drill into them it's your choice no it's not my choice she made me angry that's why i hit her it's your choice nobody can make you angry you don't have to react that way. And you are responsible for your actions. Ellen White tells us, He who has God's law written in the heart will obey God rather than men. 
and will sooner disobey all men than deviate in the least from the commandment of God. God's people taught by the inspiration of truth and led by a good conscience to live by every word of God will take his law written in their hearts as the only authority which they can acknowledge or consent to obey. The wisdom and authority of the divine law are supreme. Little did Shipra and Pua realize the extent to which their courage and faithfulness would work out the fulfillment of God's purpose and defeat Satan's plan. It was because of them that Moses was saved at birth. Satan's plan was crushed and God's plan to raise up a deliverer from among his people came to fruition. And as the Hebrews grew in number, they soon formed their own nation called Israel. Praise God. Shipra and Pua were at the right place at the right time and doing the right thing. And God could count on them to save his people from destruction. Because they were God-fearing, we are told that Shipra and Pua had their own families, they prospered, and they were protected from the consequences of disobedience to Pharaoh. What a perfect ending to a beautiful story. As Christians in the 21st century, how do we develop these two qualities that they exhibited? Faithfulness and courage. The reassuring news is that all of us are born with these two virtues within. Did you know that? All of us have it within us. But the challenging point is it has to be developed individually from within. And faithfulness and courage have to be unleashed from inside of us as we grow spiritually with the help of the Holy Spirit. In the Bible, the phrase bold and courageous or be bold and courageous is mentioned 25 times. What is courage? Courage is the capacity to take risks, to make sacrifices. Martin Luther King said, courage is dangerously unselfish. Yes, there's a, a risk and a danger in courage. It is the power of the mind to overcome fear and to stand firm on our beliefs and it helps us to grow in a time of crisis. You know, this, this uh, quarter we've been studying in the crucible. And it calls for a lot of courage to be in the crucible. And to come out on the side of God. Courage. So, how do we grow courage? It takes practice to develop courage. And every time we face a situation, big or small, that presents a challenge to us, it grows courage. I think of little kids 
as they grow, huh? they learn to walk. Does it take courage to walk? You know, there are some people who will just do it. And there are some who are very cautious, if you have watched babies before. How about uh, trying food that you have never eaten before? Does that take courage? Yeah, I have a fussy granddaughter who will not eat certain things. She will eat an egg, but if you put the egg in another form, she won't eat it. I don't understand why. But um, trying something new. For you young people, asking someone out on a date, whether you are a boy or a girl, Nowadays, girls are very daring, right? They ask you out for dates. That takes courage. Sometimes quitting a job where you are being bullied or a job that takes away family time from you takes courage to try to step out into the unknown where you don't have a job and that security. How about standing up against a bully? Standing up against racism? and prejudice. All these takes courage. We have the perfect example of Jesus when he walked this earth. He was always challenging the prevailing beliefs of the religious leaders of his day. He was never afraid of the criticism and hatred of these leaders whom he embarrassed and enraged time and time again. So whether old or young, Growing faithfulness means being intentional about connecting with God at the beginning of each day. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Yeah, it means that we, at the beginning of every day, we realize we are sinners who are totally dependent on Him. And we have no capacity to save ourselves. We need to spend that time with him and connect with him to draw on that source of power. You know, this morning when I was doing my devotion, I was actually in a very bad state yesterday. I almost called up Johnny Khan to preach because um, my granddaughter was down with the flu and she had passed it to me since I was taking care of her. So my throat was extremely uncomfortable. Then I remembered the flu bomb. And yesterday, I took two flu bombs, which almost killed me. It's terrible. I wanted to vomit. But I told God, I said, you know, it's too late to contact somebody to take my place. So I'm going to depend on you. Total dependence. Okay? God, you take charge. So I went to bed early. I did everything I could. I drank a lot of water. And praise God, I'm still standing. Praise Him. Really praise Him. So this personal time with God is a must if we want to nurture faithfulness. Now, cultivating courage and faithfulness is so critical in raising kids in this day and age where bullying is so rampant. Many children have their self-worth trampled to the ground because of bullying. We know the different kinds of bullying. Verbal bullying, where... You call people nasty names, or you humiliate them and put them down. You have social bullying where you exclude people. You know, we, we have 
many of us have experienced this. I have, you know, as a, as a Seventh-day Adventist, it was not easy for me in school. I was always excluded because they knew that I would go to church on Sabbath and I couldn't do this. And so they would exclude me. Although they didn't say very much, but I knew what they meant. And I felt left out. Uh, spreading rumors, playing nasty jokes, damaging someone's social reputation. How about physical bullying? My kids are being pushed about in school sometimes. You know, they come back with stories of who bullied them. And so they have to be uh, taught how to stand up to whoever it is. Cyberbullying, a very big problem nowadays. Uh, those of you who, who are young or even the older people on social media, there's so much bullying going around. I like to watch this uh, TV program every now and then. And in Talking Point, they highlighted the problem of bullying in one of their episodes. And they said in Singapore, one in three kids is being bullied. And it's very accurate, I'm sure, because both my grandkids are bullied in school. One in four kids is a bully. And in Singapore, bullying is a spectator sport. That means they will watch the bullying going on and have fun doing that. Now, what are the effects of bullying? You see the spectators? We have two of them. The victim of course, experience physical, social, academic, and mental health issues. Often, people who are bullied, you will see their grades dropping. They withdraw. They are very fearful of going to school. And bullies themselves are also affected negatively. Because if they are not corrected, then they will have problems facing life later on. They will not fit in society and they may turn into alcoholics, school dropouts, and later on as they get married, they abuse their partners in life and become criminals. In an interesting research that looked at the observers, the, the spectators of the bullying, do you know that they are also affected? Many of them play truant. They are prone to the excessive use of alcohol, of drugs, of tobacco when they are adults, and develop either other psychological issues. Hence, bullying has negative effects not only on the victim, but on the bully and on the spectators who are watching. Brooks Gibbs, a social psychologist with 20 years of experience working with young people, proposes an amazing solution as to how to treat a bully. This video was filmed when he was giving a talk at a school. He got a student called Alex, the taller boy. Uh, Brooks Gibbs is a bit short. And uh, he got Alex to act as the bully. And Brooks Gibbs played the, the, the part of the victim. Let's watch this short 
Listen, man, nobody cares what you got to say, dude. You come up here thinking you're some kind of hot shot. Hey, man, I know everything about bullying. Nobody I do. cares, dude. Nobody cares, man. Everybody shows up here. They have to be here, dude. Shut up! I to be here. Shut your pie up. Trying to come back here with bully remarks. I'm, I'm a freaking author, author, dude. You're an author, huh? Really? You're an author. You think you're an author. something big, man? You're only here because you're What's saying? What? What's your name? I already told you my name. What, are you stupid? Would you forget my name? I told you my name's Alex, man. Are you wearing that duct tape on your mouth because your boyfriend put you there? Huh? Everybody say it all because they know it's true, man. They know you're gay. You call me a name one more time, I'm gonna punch your face in. Punch my face in, you should be sorry. I can beat you so hard, man. You think you can fight me? Shut up, Play the game again. Keep insulting me. I'm gonna try to get you to stop. But keep insulting me. On count three, everyone say action. One, two, three. Action. Hey everybody, look at me! Hey guys, I wrote skits, everybody! I wrote skits! That's hilarious! Hey everybody, look at me! I'm gonna make jokes because I think the bully thing just Alex. Like make jokes! <laughs> I just think this is Alex. so joke, man! You're sick, dude! Like, my whole identity. My sense of happiness is not wrapped up in your approval of me. So it's cool. You, you can make fun of me. I'll, I'll never make fun of you, though. I, I really actually think you're a fun guy. You're pretty cool. Yeah? Yeah. You think that I'm a fun guy. I could learn a lot from After you. everything I just gave you. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> you're a fun guy, man. Look how dynamic you are. You're, like, super outgoing. I wish I was like that. Like, I think that's amazing. You have a gift. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I really do. I love it, dude. Thanks, man. You're a great guy, dude. Everybody cares. Everybody. Brooks gives, guy. Woo! Do you give up? Huh? Do you give up? Do I give up? Yes. Give up on you. Yes. Why don't you, like, give up? Do you give up, like, making fun of me? Give a big hand clap. You did great. I got, I, I got a couple questions. Two questions. Let's, let's be honest with you, man. Sure. Um, this was invented by school psychologist Izzy Kalman. He's a pure genius. He's been working on bullying issues for over 30 years, and he invented this game, and I've borrowed it, and it's been incredible. What time was, like, easier for you to make fun of me? The first time or the second time? Well, honestly, I was kind of tripping up, though, on the last, on the last one. I didn't know what to say. I was like, hey, broke skin. I don't think that even made sense. <laughs> so it was the second time. It's the second yeah, time. The second time was harder, and the first time was easier. Because I was like, why was it easier for you to make fun of me the first time? Uh, because you were kind of like digging into me back. You were yeah. picking fights with me and like I knew I could beat you up because you are kind of small. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Bullies bully for the reaction. To get you crazy or to make you cry. If you take away the reaction and you are calm, don't give them what they want, and you're kind 100% of the time, I'm telling you, it's very difficult for them to keep making fun of you. They actually have a crisis of conscience and they will back off. It's one of the most amazing, brilliant things I've ever seen, all because of the gift of the golden rule. Alex, you did a great job. Thanks, man. The golden rule. Matthew 7, 12. In everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. <clears throat> Kids and young people, let me talk to you for a while. If you are being bullied, Say a prayer to God and apply the golden rule. <clears throat> if you see someone being bullied, take the time to stop and speak up for the victim. 
you know, research shows that it just takes a third party just to say, stop it to the bully, stop it, leave him or her alone, and the bullying would stop. So don't, don't be a spectator, stop the bully. You know, Proverbs 31 verse 8 says, Speak up on behalf of the voiceless and for the rights of all who are vulnerable. It is our Christian duty to speak up for those who have no voice and who are defenseless. If you are bully yourself, you need to get help. Because if you continue in this negative path, you will face difficulties growing up and in future, you will have problems fitting into society. Talk to your parents about it, or to an adult you can trust if you can't turn to your parents. Parents, be vigilant about your children. If they show signs of withdrawal, if they are being quiet when they have been naturally talkative, if they have dropping grades, their fear of going to school, do take the time to talk to them in a positive way. Connect with the school to find out what's happening and do something about it. You know, for the rest of us, we all need to do everything we can to stop bullying. When we teach our children how to handle bullying, when we stand up to stop it when it happens, we are cultivating a host of other Christian virtues besides courage and faithfulness, such as greater self-worth, confidence, and resilience. Just as Shipra and Pua exhibited outstanding courage and faithfulness in front of Pharaoh, let us choose to cling to the fear of the Lord, for it will give us wisdom to face the challenges ahead of us. Whether the enemy be an authority that's demanding you to go against your conscience or a bully or even an internal debilitating fear that you are fighting and holding you captive. Face the enemy, stand firm and let God win the victory for you. In closing, I want to uh, repeat the scripture reading because it has a precious promise in it. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So let's stand up, stand firm, and face the enemy. Amen. Thank you for that sermon. We have heard the last few words and the call to action. So let us all rise for our closing song. Let us all stand up for Jesus.
Let's pray. Our mighty God and Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the example that you have given through Shipra and Pua. And as we take these lessons home with us, Lord, I pray that you will keep them in our hearts and minds, that we will be courageous, we will be faithful to you no matter what. Father, as we look around, you know that the world is not going to last very long and you are going to come back soon to get us. We pray that you will help us to keep close to you, to have that fear of God within us and that we will live according to your will. And so throughout this week, Lord, we pray that your grace will go with us. The love of God will follow us and that the Holy Spirit will be within us to work in and through us. In his name we pray. Amen.